Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks once again look like Super Bowl contenders. If you took in some Monday Night Football, you saw the 37-30 win over a quality Minnesota team file away the fact that the former Wolfpack star will lead those Seahawks against your Panthers right here in Charlotte on December 15th. Seattle, of course, is playoffs bound. Your Panthers are not as they head to Atlanta. Ron Rivera is among those. Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, too. Doug Marone of the Jaguars. Pat Shermer of the Giants. And there are others. Ron Rivera among those that is now expected to lose his job. That's not from David Tepper. That is just reading tea leaves more than inside information. And of course, Ron Rivera is expected to get these final four regular season games to try to change that narrative or more importantly, perhaps change the mind of David Tepper, who did not pay a record $2.2 billion plus with a B to buy the Panthers just to miss the playoffs year after year. That's not how he did things when he became one of the most famous and successful hedge fund managers in the world. It's not how he did things on the way to his 12 billion plus net worth. Not expected to do that. As the owner of the Carolina Panthers, he met with the media just last week and said, extended mediocrity is not something he tolerates in any corner of his life. We'll talk NFL, we'll get to some college football. We have the ACC Big Ten Challenge, among other college basketball things to discuss. Your Carolina Hurricanes tonight get a shot on the hockey ice at the team that eliminated them at the end of their dream season a year ago. It was the Canes against those nasty Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Championship Series. It's just a regular season matchup. This time, of course, Canes at Bruins tonight. If you haven't been watching closely, Boston is again one of the best teams in the NHL. The Bruins actually have the best record as we speak in the entire National Hockey League. The Canes also have the look and the record of a play of team that is headed to the playoffs one more time. We will talk a little hockey. We will talk a lot of basketball. We will dive into football, college, and pro. And, of course, we will welcome your statewide participation as we look forward to tonight and tomorrow night a resumption of a matchup between two of the best college basketball conferences in the land. Yes, the Big 12, the Big East, and others deserve some respect too, but the ACC and the Big 10 are on that short list virtually every year. Tonight, four of the nation's top 10 or so teams go head-to-head. -head. In the national rankings, it will be number four, Michigan, still undefeated, at number one, Louisville. The Cardinals of Chris Mack are 7-0 and and number one in the polls for the first time since their national championship season under Rick Pitino six years ago. Jawan Howard is the new head coach, first-time head coach of the Wolverines. Remember, they took out a good Carolina team, a really good Gonzaga team, on their way to the championship in the Bahamas over the Thanksgiving holiday. 
Jordan Wara will lead the Cardinals against Xavier Simpson and the Wolverines. We'll also talk, of course, about Duke's matchup against Michigan State. They have both been number one in the AP poll already this season. They both have lost that. Michigan State lost to both Kentucky in its season opener and more recently, remember, a surprise Virginia Tech team from the ACC, the Hokies, took out Sparty in Maui. Duke, of course, got the stone-cold stunner at the hands of Stephen F. Austin at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Devils are 7-1 and one and number 10 in the rankings. The Spartans are 5-2. and two. A couple of Hall of Fame caliber coaches and some big-time players. Tom Izzo against Mike Krzyzewski, of course. And on the court will be senior guard Cassius Stanley of the Spartans, one of the best returning players in college basketball. And, of course, the Devils have Trey Jones at point guard, Vernon Carey Jr., the freshman big fella in the post, and some intriguing players beyond them that the Devils need to come around a little bit, turn the corner a little bit between now and the new year if Duke is going to get where it hopes and wants to go. The NFL headlines not, not only include that coaching carousel, Ron Rivera and otherwise, but did you know the super strong TV ratings continue? Whether it was Bills Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, we have all those numbers by now, or just Texans Patriots this past Sunday, we have those numbers as well. After a couple of years of a downward trend, it has now been two straight years of an upward trend for the National Football League's television ratings. I'll give you more of those details during the course of today's program. And one kind of, sort of, but not exactly football-related note, did you know that 20 years after their debut as a breakfast cereal, Flutie Flakes are back. I kid you not. The legendary quarterback Doug Flutie, formerly of Boston College fame, Hale Flutie, also success in the NFL and CFL. It was 20 years ago when they first came out and were more successful than anybody had expected or predicted. Flutie Flakes are back for a 20-year anniversary edition. They are raising money for a good cause. I'll tell you more about that story as we ask you our just-for-fun question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you have ever had that was named after a sports figure? For the record, I can think of only one example. Maybe I'm forgetting others. And my one example is definitely not a breakfast cereal, Flutie Flakes or otherwise. We'll welcome your stories. I will share some of mine. That question of the day in honor of the return of Flutie Flakes. What's the best food or beverage you've ever had that was named after a sports figure? Keep in mind that contrary to popular belief, the O. Henry candy bar was not named after Hank Aaron of baseball fame. It was actually born as a candy bar before Hank Aaron was a famous baseball player. That's how you know it was not named after him. There are other myths along those lines. As I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, as we look forward to Mike DeCourcy, the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News. We'll talk college hoops. Greg McElroy of ESPN, the former national championship winning quarterback at Alabama, will drop by to talk college football. In that world, we have the new committee rankings out tonight. I expect, as you probably do, the top four to still be Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, the three unbeatens, and then Georgia at number four. After that, we'll see. Will Oklahoma, win, will, it, will the uh, Sooners win over top 25 Oklahoma State, boost the Sooners up to number five? Will Utah, also 11-1 at this point, jump to number five, despite no wins over current top 25 teams? 
where will the committee rank Baylor, which could be 12-1 and in the Big 12 champion. Obviously, they will be if they can beat Oklahoma this coming Saturday. Where will Baylor be as the weakest of those Power 5 one-loss resumes? And what about App State? It will be fun to see where the Mountaineers fall in comparison to teams like Memphis and Boise State and even Cincinnati as one group of five team will get that New Year's Day bowl slot. Darren, you probably know all these details. I don't know your answer to the question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you've ever had? That was named after a sports figure. We'll take calls on that as we talk football, basketball, hurricanes, NBA, and some other things. 1-800-849-2761. You know, for example, graham crackers not named after either legendary NFL quarterback Otto Graham nor modern-day tight end Jimmy Graham. Like I'm right. not asking I'm not asking a question about athletes names that you could tie to a food product. No. I'm asking you what's the best you've ever had that actually was named after a sports figure in terms of food or beverage. I believe we've probably shared one correct answer to this question. It's a matter of opinion, of course, so really no wrong answers to that question of the day. We'll open those lines statewide here on the David Glenn Show as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns, and we pick over the headlines of the day. Elsewhere in college basketball, or college football, rather, the all-ACC teams have been announced, so special shout-out. There are a lot of other honorees, eight from Wake Forest, First, second, or third team, all ACC. Seven from Carolina, five from Duke, three from NC State. We won't name all of them right now, of course. But special shout-out to the Brothers Surratt, the four in-state guys who made first team all ACC, included Wake wide receiver Sage Surratt and UNC linebacker Chaz Surratt, the converted quarterback, Boogie Basham and Nick Skiba of Wake Forest also were named first-team All-ACC. Nobody from Duke or NC State made first-team All-ACC as that team came out earlier today. But shout-out to the Surratt family. It is amazing that those guys are both first-team All-ACC, even as underclassmen with eligibility remaining. More on that story and that honor as my ballots are due locally and nationally for, team, for votes like the National Player of the Year, the National Coach of the Year, the Freshman of the Year, etc. More on that with your phone calls as well. Mike DeCourcy on College Hoops in Hour 2. Greg McElroy on College Football in Hour 3. Your phone calls including a just-for-fun question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? The answer is not Flutie Flakes for me, and I've seen about a dozen variations of breakfast cereals named after sports figures. And I don't mean just they were on the Wheaties box. I mean they were named after the sports figure, Flutie Flakes, etc. But I do have an answer or two, and we will welcome yours on the other side as I tell you how and why Flutie Flakes are back 20 years after the original rendition. 1-800-849-2761. Strange but true, how many times has the number one seed in the college football playoff actually won the national championship? I will answer that question. We will take your Flutie Flakes-related phone calls, and we'll talk college hoops, NFL, college football, Carolina Hurricanes, and some NBA, among other things. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. 
You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. Back to the David Glenn Show. Jeff in Wilmington wants in on the question of the day. Flutie Flakes are back 20 years after their debut. More on that in just a second. Former Boston College NFL and CFL quarterback is going to help raise more money for good causes with this one. Just for fun, as we pick over the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the NFL and college football headlines of the day, the Hurricanes trip to Boston to face the very difficult Bruins, the NBA headlines of the day. You can be next. Question of the day, what is the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? Again, many that you think were named after sports figures were not. Pee Wee Reese was a legendary Dodgers shortstop, but Reese's peanut butter cups have nothing to do with Pee Wee. We did the research. Now, there are others where, and some of them I can tell, are on the lines lighting up across North Carolina, 1-800-849-2761. There are others that are actually named after a sports figure, Doug Flutie, 20 years ago, inspired Flutie Flakes. Why are they back? Well, it is the 20-year anniversary, but as we come to Jeff in Wilmington and you at 1-800-849-2761, and as I give you the one thing I promised on college football, we are in year six of this college football playoff format. Remember we had the BCS and the Bowl Alliance and other things. In terms of a four-team bracket-style playoff, we're only in year six. Strange but true. I bet you could win a lot of money with these two bar bets. Has a number one seed ever won the college football playoff? So it's only five years. I'm not talking about eternity. I'm not talking about the number one seed beating the number two seed in some BCS game. I mean in the modern format. The four-team bracket has the number one seed ever won it all. The answer is no. To this point, it has not. And I bring that up because as we look forward to tonight's committee rankings, there's a lot of talk about how if you're one of those three undefeateds, Ohio State number one, LSU number two, Clemson number three, it's important to you to get to number one because theoretically you want to avoid the two to three, two versus three game which right now would be one heck of an LSU Tigers team against one heck of a Clemson Tigers team, whereas theoretically, the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course, all these teams have to keep winning, but the Buckeyes would get someone not quite as good. Would it be the Georgia Bulldogs? Would it be Oklahoma? Would it be Utah? Would it be somebody else? We'll see. Long way to go. Conference championship week is upon us. But no number one seed has ever won the college football playoff. And here's another one for food for thought as we go to Jeff in Wilmington and you at 1-800-849-2761. A lot of discussion is going into what happens if one of these undefeated teams loses in the conference championship game. Now, I think you all know, if Clemson loses to Virginia, the Tigers, who already have had their schedule questioned to a degree for good reason, the Tigers are not getting in as a 12-1 non-conference champion in virtually any scenario. So the undefeated Tigers would not get the benefit of the doubt if they lost to UVA. It won't happen probably, but if it happened, those ACC Tigers ain't getting the benefit of the doubt. If the LSU Tigers 
somehow were to lose to a really good 11-1 Georgia team in the SEC title game, a lot of people believe Georgia would get in as the 12-1 SEC champion. But that LSU, again, depending on what happens elsewhere, the LSU Tigers, despite losing their conference title game, could get in as a non-conference champion because they have so many quality wins and their only loss in this hypothetical would be to a number four in the committee's eyes, Georgia Bulldogs team. Just as most people would describe it as strange but true that no number one seed has won the college football playoff yet, there are no examples where the team goes into a conference title game undefeated, loses, and gets a top four bid anyway. There are no examples yet. Now, we're only six years in, so I'm not saying it's never going to happen. But believe it or not, and how quickly we forget, Iowa was undefeated four years ago going into the Big Ten title game, lost, and of course was not in the playoff. Two years ago, Wisconsin was undefeated going into the Big Ten title game, lost, and of course was not included in the Final Four. So the only examples we have through five years, no, Iowa and Wisconsin were not ranked quite as high as Ohio State or LSU or Clemson are right now. But we do not have an example yet of the undefeated team that suffers its first loss in a conference title game but still makes the Final Four, at least worthy of your consideration. It could get complicated. It might be as simple as Ohio State crushes Wisconsin and LSU crushes Georgia and Clemson crushes UVA, and then the arguing is among Oklahoma or Utah or maybe a Baylor or who knows somebody else. 1-800-849-2761. I like Jeff's answer to the question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? When Doug Flutie's Flutie Flakes came out in 1998, they hoped to sell, and I'm not kidding you, they hoped to sell a few thousand boxes. Doug Flutie was not even the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills of the NFL. At around the time Flutie Flakes came out, and they're coming back out, which is why this was inspired as the question of the day, instead of selling a few thousand in 1998, they sold 2.3 million boxes of Flutie Flakes on a day where our friends at the V Foundation are kicking off V Week for Cancer Research. That starts today across all of ESPN's various platforms. Doug Flutie is raising money with the anniversary edition of Flutie Flakes for the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. One more really good cause. Doug Flutie, it just so happened at around the same time it was coming out, went from backup quarterback to starting quarterback in 1998 and had basically the best year of his NFL career. And that inspired 2 million-plus Flutie Flakes purchases. What is that best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? I have only one good answer to that question, and it is not a breakfast cereal. I have not had the sandwich, I'll call it, that Jeff in Wilmington has on his mind, but I've heard good things about it. Jeff, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, hey Jeff. Dave. So uh, the the sandwich is pretty hefty. It's about uh, a pound and a half, but it's the Rothless Burger. Um, I had it right after his uh, rookie season when uh, he took him to the Super Bowl, and it's uh, ground beef, sausage, 
grilled onions, uh, American cheese on a Portuguese roll. And that is actually offered at a sandwich shop in Pittsburgh, or at least it was for a long time, I know, because my brother lives there. Is it still available, do you know? I do not know, but at the time I know it was not only available, but it because his number is number seven, yeah. they were selling it for $7. Right. It, it, there's a place called Pepe's Sandwich Shop in Pittsburgh, and this number seven menu item was the Rothless Burger. And, man, it's a whole lot of food with the beef and the sausage and the onion and the eggs and the peppers and the pickles and more. Well done, Jeff. I can't vouch for that one but it sounds tasty, especially here at lunchtime. Anthony in Sampson County actually has my answer to the question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you have ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? Anthony, maybe great minds think alike, maybe not. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. What's your answer to the question of the day? Great minds, got to think alike. One of the best culinary inventions, I believe, is the hair, is a beverage. Good old Arnold Palmer. The Arnold Palmer. Where have you had it? Like on a golf course, just at the at the, the house, uh, at the convenience store? Because you can find the Arnold Palmer beverage everywhere nowadays. Yes, they even got a can in the grocery store right. now and at the gas station and stuff. But I find it most enjoyable on the golf course. Uh, you know, sometimes spike it a little bit, yep. depending on how the day is going. I got a piece of trivia for you. Anthony, do you like it truly half lemonade and half sweet or unsweetened tea? Are you a half and half guy? Oh, it got to be sweet. I'm a North Carolinian okay. all day. It, it got to be sweet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, as a transplanted northerner, I, I should never say unsweetened side. tea out loud. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I lean heavy on the lemonade side. Yeah. The way my grandmother makes her lemonade like and her sweet tea, it's just her lemonade is to die for. So I usually go about 60-40. Heavy on the lemonade. Amen. I'm right there with you, man. Thanks for calling, Anthony. Did you guys know? Can't say you didn't learn anything today listening to the David Glenn Show. It's even food and beverage related here as we kick off across, for anyone who carries us live anyway in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. Do you know that Arnold Palmer himself, the legendary golfer, said that he preferred three parts tea to one part lemonade? Have you had an Arnold Palmer, Darren? Yeah. We haven't yeah. played nearly enough golf together. No, it's true. Now, you know I don't drink liquor, so I, don't, I haven't had the spiked version of the Arnold Palmer. But I just like the, you know, the tasty, refreshing beverage version of the Arnold Palmer. Well, I know even when you just have sweet tea, you like lemon in your I sweet do. tea. So it's sort of the same concept. Is that a tribute to three, Arnold Palmer maybe, when I do that? I don't that? know. Maybe. I think it is. <laughs> three parts unsweetened tea. Arnold was from Pennsylvania. So he was going three parts unsweetened tea, one part lemonade. But I believe the traditional way is more half and half. Some call it a half and half, actually. Yeah, yeah I think that's what you see most, most commonly. One more thing on that. As we come back to your phone calls, talk ACC Big Ten Challenge. You have questions, NFL, college hoops, NBA, Carolina Hurricanes, and a big day in college football with tonight's new committee rankings and a lot of national and all ACC awards being announced as we speak. 1-800-849-2761. What is the best food or beverage you've ever had? that was actually named after a sports figure, Flutie Flakes are back, and that inspired the question of the day. Did you know that Arnold Palmer, best I know, did not have an official, like, legalese signed document to benefit from the sale of the drink that bears his name and has? They've been calling it an Arnold Palmer since the 1960s. 
all right, since before I was born. Apparently, when Arnold Palmer ordered his customary combo, unsweetened tea and lemonade, people started saying at the country club, I'll have that Arnold Palmer drink. So it became known as the Arnold Palmer. It was not until like right around the turn of the century that Arnold Palmer actually got it in the fine print. Hey, uh, you know, give me a little slice of that pie there. You're using my name for this drink, and you're even, you even want to slap it on the side of a can. It's one thing to serve it in a cup, right, with people just casually saying, I'd like you're at the turn, and, and you just need something refreshing. I'd like an Arnold Palmer, spiked or not. It's another thing when someone wants to slap your name on the side of a can or other product and benefit from your name. That's when Arnold said, yeah, yeah, that was really cute. That was really cute back in the 60s when people were drinking something that was using my name. It's not as cute anymore, or it's still cute. I just like a slice of the pie. So since 2000, I think it was, there's a beverage company that began marketing and selling the beverage, not only with the mix, but with Arnold Palmer's picture and signature on the bottle. And it has sold big time ever since. There's even been an ESPN 30 for 30 on how the Arnold Palmer came to be and how it came to blossom here in the 21st century. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. By the way, when he visited Latrobe Country Club in Pennsylvania, his home course where he grew up, the beverage is brought to or was brought to the late Arnold Palmer because as the saying went under the sales or the service staff, no one should ever have to request a beverage that is named after him. I guess that would be the only customer that applies to at Latrobe <laughs> Country Club, but that's how it went down, according to the sales staff years ago. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Scott. We'll get to Travis. We'll get to your other statewide phone calls. We're having fun with Flutie Flakes. What's the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? Once more, Darren, we're getting some creative answers, but you know the dessert Bananas Foster? Yeah. Okay. Not named for the legendary Cincinnati Red slugger George Foster <laughs> or, or any other athlete that I'm aware of. Keep in mind, most of these things, okay, you've had a Cobb salad yes. at some point. Not named Not after Ty, Ty Cobb. Cobb. <laughs> all right? Number one, the Cobb salad was around before Ty Cobb was famous. Number two, so many people hated Ty Cobb that no one would ever name anything, much less a salad after that rotten guy. 1-800-849-2761. You know the Clark Bar? Yeah. Not named after baseball slugger Will Clark or baseball slugger Jack Clark from opposite sides of the plate. Both sluggers, perhaps both worthy of their own food item. The Clark Bar came about long before Will Clark was hitting him lefty and Jack Clark was hitting him righty. 1-800-849-2761. The O. Henry was not named after Hank Aaron. Again, the candy bar came first. The Baby Ruth bar was, over the objections of the company that claimed otherwise, it was definitely named after the famous, at the time, baseball slugger Babe Ruth. I just don't like the taste enough for it to be my answer to the question of the day. What is the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? Flutie Flakes. 20 years after their debut as a breakfast cereal, 
are officially back. 1-800-849-2761. Michigan at Louisville. Duke at Michigan State. Tonight, college hoops. The ACC Big, Talent, Big Ten Challenge continues. Those are four of the nation's maybe ten best teams going head-to-head. More on those matchups. The NFL headlines of the day include super strong TV ratings from both Thanksgiving and this past Sunday. More of those details. 1-800-849-2761. More on the college football playoff picture, the Canes trip to Boston, and, of course, your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Mike DeCourcy on College Hoops in 25 minutes. Greg McElroy on College Football in hour number three. More of your phone calls now. I knew there was a Reggie candy bar named after Reggie Jackson. Doesn't rise to the level of tasting good enough that it would be my answer to the question of the day. I'm going with the Arnold Palmer unforgettable beverage, golf course or otherwise. Do you know that Chipper Jones had a candy bar named after him? It was the Chipper Bar. Also, I think, fell below the bar if you know what I'm saying, in terms of how good it tasted. There is a Rothless Burger. There is a Mellow Sandwich in New York City, named after that Carmelo Anthony guy. There has been a wide variety of breakfast cereals. As we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. I am getting more nominees in honor of the return of Flutie Flakes for other breakfast cereals named after sports figures, but not many people are actually vouching for, you know, enjoying those breakfast cereals. OVOs, in honor of Alex Ovechkin, superstar of the Washington Capitals, OVOs do exist. Are they any good? Are they just the same as Cheerios? I don't know. Are Flutie Flakes mostly the same as Frosted Flakes? I'm really not sure. Regardless, I'm not sure anything rises to the level of how much you can enjoy that lemonade-sweet tea combination we know as the Arnold Palmer. For a while... There was another breakfast cereal, I am certain of this, called the Ocho Cinco's. I, I, I mean, are they all coming from the same factory? Do Ovi's O's come from the same <laughs> factory as Cheery O's and Ocho Cinco's? I mean, we're just slapping labels on different stuff now, aren't we? 1-800-849-2761. Let me try Scott in Raleigh. He may have actually something that tastes good. What's the best food or beverage you've actually you've had that was actually named after a sports figure? David, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Scott in Chapel Hill. All right, uh, go right ahead. Favorite of mine in the Midwestern style of everything is the Ditka dog. The Ditka dog. Is it still around, do we know, or was that Mike in his it's- prime? Um, it was after he retired. It was in his restaurant. It came in three or four different styles. It is around still. It came back in 2015. And my daughter, who came up, who was at ESPN, who came up with the uh, come on, man phrase. Oh, nice. Uh, which we've talked about yes. a few years now ago. I remember. Uh, she dragged, and her best friend at ESPN, 40 or 50 years separation, was Mike Ditka anyway. Uh, so she dragged me down there every time I was in Chicago to have the Ditka dog. 
the great Midwestern mustard, onion, mm. relish, but with a great sour New York Lower East Side pickle. That sounds more tasty than almost anything I've heard today. I need something to go with my Arnold Palmer beverage, so I thank you, Scott, and Chapel Hill for contributing. We have Mike and Raleigh has actually had Ocho Cinco's cereal. Got to know if it was any good. Mike, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hi, David. Hey, man. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Ocho Cinco. He went to Oregon State, and uh, my dad went to Oregon State. So cool. I actually have a box of Ocho Cinco's, um, but I have never tried them. <laughs> I've never opened them. Yeah, probably not a good idea, especially after all these years. I mean, I can't imagine they still make Ocho Cinco's. So what you have as a souvenir is now, what, 10 years old? Yeah, and, and I think it was for a charity. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was like a you know a long last. It wasn't meant to be a long last product, but well, it's kind of yeah, like it's a fun collection. Yeah, for sure. It just uh, you know call your doctor before you allow. Don't, don't let small children near the Ocho Cinco's just in case 10-year-old cereal is hazardous to your health. Uh, similar, you mentioned, I mean, raising money for a good cause. The Flutie Flakes that are celebrating their 20th anniversary and coming back this week, uh, they are raising money for the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. So most of today's suggestions have not sounded very tasty. I would consider either a Rothless Burger or a Ditka Dog as long as I have an Arnold Palmer to wash it down with. Travis is in Durham, and next on the David Glenn Show, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, oh, first off, love the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, Good to have you with us. Uh, I'm a transfer from Houston. I've been uh, in Durham for about seven years now, but growing up in Houston, there used to be this uh, hole-in-the-wall burger joint that my, uh, my mom and my stepdad would take me to, and they sold a milkshake that was actually called the dream shake name for Hakeem Olajuwon. How was it? It was actually pretty good. You could get it one of two ways. It could come with uh, chocolate and vanilla ice cream, or you could get it with the chocolate ice cream and dark chocolate bit. Only available in Houston and only for a while? We don't think it exists anymore? I'm, I'm not sure if the place is still open. Unfortunately, I don't get home enough. You had the dream shake, and you would recommend it? You would recommend it to your friends and family? Yes, it, right. it, it was definitely worth it. All right, Darren, I don't know how my doctor's going to feel about today's meal, but let's order. You in the mood for more? You you get the Ditka dog. I'll get the Rothless burger. Yeah, no, that's good with me. Um, we could share the dream shake. <laughs> and we could get separate. We could each get uh, one of the two variations, right? You know. That's true. That's true. Get, one of us could get the vanilla chocolate swirl or however it was arranged, and then the chocolate dark chocolate combo. All right, so we've got kind of a dessert filled. <laughs> yeah. We've got our beverage with the Arnold Palmer. We've got our entree. Uh, I don't know, maybe a candy bar to go home with. We, I see a lot more nominations along those lines. 1-800-849-2761. We'll come to Justin, John, Jack, Carl, and others on the other side. We're goofing around with food items. Flutie Flakes are back. 20 years after their debut as a breakfast cereal. What's the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure? A lot of things that you think were named after sports figures just have their name in them but are not associated with those folks who play or coach sports. 1-800-849-2761. The new committee rankings are out tonight. It is expected that Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia will remain the top four, probably in that order. 
What happens after that? What are the biggest questions worth following? We'll get into more of it with Greg McElroy of ESPN in Hour 3. I'll offer my two cents on the other side. In particular, if you're a fan of Utah or Oklahoma, you will learn something important tonight. Not as important as winning your football game this weekend, obviously. Unless Utah beats Oregon and Oklahoma beats Baylor, none of this matters. But if they both win, there could be a really interesting decision for the playoff committee. I would argue one of the closer calls in the six years of this format. More on that college football picture with more of your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The Hall of Famer Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News live in less than 15 minutes. ACC Big Ten Challenge actually started last night. The bigger games, though, are tonight and tomorrow night. This evening's matchups include Michigan at Louisville. They're both top four in the current polls. Duke at Michigan State, the nightcap, also on ESPN. They're both top ten or so in the national polls. Big games tomorrow night include UVA-Purdue, Ohio State at UNC, Wake visits Penn State, NC State hosts Wisconsin. More on that a little bit later. John and Raleigh next once in on the question of the day. Since Flutie Flakes are returning 20 years after their debut as a breakfast cereal, we asked what is the best food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure. We've got Ditka Dogs and Rothless Burgers and Mellow Sandwiches and Chipper Bars and Ocho Sink goes and OVOs and a lot of other breakfast cereals I've known of the Reggie bar I think I tried it when I was a kid but I can't remember how it tasted John and Raleigh is the Reggie bar in your memory good enough to be the number one food or beverage you've ever had that was actually named after a sports figure no doubt about it, David. Love the show. Thank you. That Reggie bar was awesome, man. Trying to remember it was, was like, it like uh, Snickers? No, it was more like, remember another one that I don't think they make anymore? It's called a whatchamacallit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was It was a lot like that. And I can't find them either one of them anymore. No. But it was a great bar, man, Mr. October. Named Love after it. the legendary Reggie Jackson. Again, a theme of today's show is most foods that you think were named after sports figures were not. Arnold Palmer, the number one answer of the day. Great beverage to go with any of these food items. Maybe not breakfast, but all the rest. Obviously, the Reggie Bar was very clearly named after the Yankee slugger, Mr. October. The Reggie Bar. I tried it in my youth. Used to go house to house at Halloween. There'd be a good chance somebody would be including Reggie Bars among the options. Thank you for that blast from the past. One thing I promised on the NFL. The Bills-Cowboys game on Thanksgiving Day. You ready for this? The NFL, by the way, is on a second consecutive year of ratings upticks. So 2015 was off the charts fantastic. We covered in detail declines in 2016 and 17. Last year was a bounce back overall, trending in the right direction, pendulum swing upward, etc. 2019 has been a continuation of the positivity. 
NFL, even at its lowest point, by the way, was still the biggest economic engine in the history of American sports. And the naysayers sometimes miss the bigger picture that even with the NFL's decline in some ratings in 16 and 17, it was still the best thing on TV. And it wasn't even close, even when you consider non-sports options. The Bills-Cowboys game, remember this, it was not a nail-biter down to the end. It involves only one big brand name, Dallas. I mean, Buffalo is not that. It involves one big market, Dallas. Buffalo certainly is not that. But the Bills-Cowboys game on Thanksgiving Day drew an average of almost 33 million viewers. That is the most watched Thanksgiving Day game in almost three decades on CBS. And it was the best regular season rating for any NFL game on any network in the last three years. Bills Cowboys did that, and it was a 26-15 to 15 game in Dallas. Yeah, the Cowboys always help ratings. Yes, the Bills are better than usual this year. But that's just great news for the NFL as a whole as not just that game, but Texans-Patriots, one of the matchups this past Sunday, one of the more compelling ones of the weekend. Average audience of about 22 million for NBC. I mean, these are really good numbers, folks. When your regular season NFL games are getting more than what most NBA championship series games get, what most World Series baseball games get, these are regular season NFL games. And you get into the 30 millions, man, that's rarefied air for any American sports product, any American TV product. The 20-plus million for Texans Patriots, again, also continues what has been a theme of the season. The NFL remains insanely popular and the greatest economic engine the sports world has ever seen. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The one thing I've promised on college football, and maybe this will answer Jack and Winston-Salem's question, he wants to know if Clemson uses to, loses to UVA this Saturday night in Charlotte at the ACC title game, will the Tigers make the playoff anyway? Short answer is probably no. Now, there's always the chaos scenario, right? Like, what if Wisconsin beats Ohio State and Georgia beats LSU and UVA upsets Clemson and, you know, go on down the list, right? Oregon upsets Utah in the Pac-12 title game. There's a chaos scenario where there are just too many variables to digest. But in all likelihood, a 12-1 non-champion Clemson team is not going to get the benefit of the doubt over a Power 5 champion that has only one loss. So, you know, LSU wins and they represent the SEC, and Ohio State wins and they represent the Big 12. If the Tigers somehow lost to UVA and Utah beats Oregon, there's a 12-1 Pac-12 champ. Remember, by rule, a non-champion must be unequivocally better over a Power 5 champion. If you have the same record and Oregon just or Utah just beat Oregon and maybe Oklahoma just beat Baylor so the Sooners are the Big 12 champs at 12 and 1 the Utes are the Pac 12 champs at 12 and 1 LSU's 13 and 0 Ohio State's 13 and 0 there's no way that Clemson Tigers get in in that hypothetical the chaos factor it's just there's again too many variables i'm watching tonight where the committee puts 11 and 1 Utah versus 11-1 Oklahoma. I'll elaborate more on that later. Greg McElroy of ESPN, third hour. Mike DeCourcy, the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News on College Hoops, next.
Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.